Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Welcome to church, everyone. Uh, How good is this summer road trip series? Um, I love how we get to do this. I love how uh, over the summer we're getting some time to rest, getting some time to uh, have some fun, some vacation in. Um, If you are on a road trip, why don't you put that in the chat? Uh, One of the beautiful things is we can be in Vancouver, we can be in Toronto, we can be anywhere in between and still do church together. Um, You might be viewing this by yourself on your phone or on your TV. You might also be in a house party. Um, We're just so happy to have you in church today, whether it's the morning or the the afternoon. Um, We're just so happy to have you. Uh, Today, I'm going to be speaking. I'll I'll introduce myself. My name's Dustin. I'm the uh, location pastor in uh, downtown Vancouver. Um, So if you're in Toronto, uh, welcome to church. We probably haven't met yet. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. Uh, And if you're in Vancouver, you probably know me. Unless you're new to church, um, which is kind of crazy. During this time, there's been people who've been coming to church who I haven't even met. The other day, I was at a, a birthday party. And there was a, a new girl who, who came. Her name is Brittany. If you're watching this, hey, Brittany, it was nice meeting you on Saturday. But she walked by and Tessa was like, that's the girl I've been messaging. That's the girl I've been messaging. And uh, it's, it's pretty exciting to see that there's people who are getting connected, getting plugged in, and that the church is still uh, doing a, a great thing, even though this time has been just kind of weird uh, all in all. So, yeah. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking to you guys about... Uh, Philip and the road to Gaza. Um, Kind of an exciting story, uh, but it starts well before the actual road trip itself. Um, I'm also going to share a couple road trip trip experiences of my own. Um, A few years back, I I went on a road trip with my friend Jim. And uh, if you know anything about, about Jim, which if you're from Toronto, you probably don't know anything about Jim. And if you're from here, you might know a little bit about Jim, um, which is a good thing. But we went into it with no plan whatsoever. Uh, so we got in Jim's uh, Honda Civic that was tricked out and we were ripping down the highway. Um, we get down to Portland and then we start making our way to, to the coast. Um, And it was really, really late by the time we got there. Uh, And because we didn't plan anything in advance, we didn't realize that the town that we were going to uh, was having a hot rod convention. So there was a ton of classic cars. There was a ton of nice cars, but there was no vacancy in any hotel except for one motel. And at that motel, they were charging $450 a night. U.S., which is like three thousand Canadian dollars a night, so it was it was worse than quarantining on your way home to to Canada. Um, so we we opted to sleep in the Walmart parking lot in Jim's car. And uh, let me tell you, you see some things that you ought not ever see when you sleep in a Walmart parking lot, uh, especially when you roll up at about midnight. Um, so it was it was fun. We had such a great time. Uh, 
that night was kind of the last night of the car show. So everyone was leaving the next day. And then we ended up staying at a, at a semi-decent hotel and had a lot of fun. Hit up the Nike outlets and uh, made our way back home a couple days later. But it was so much fun to be on that road trip, to experience the road trip, to see the flaws that, that we had in our lack of preparation, um, and then to see uh, just how, how fun the actual journey was itself. I think we live in a time where there's a bit of romanticism around uh, not having a plan in place. Um, I think we can, we can tend to want to do this like wanderlust kind of thing where we're just going with the flow and making it happen. Um, and I think we can tend to, to put that into our relationship with, with God as well. And I don't think that's a healthy thing. Um, we're going to look, we're going to talk about Philip's life in just a moment. Um, and there were some things that he, he did before the trip that he was on that led to a successful uh, road trip itself. And then it also bled into after the road trip. Uh, God wasn't done with him. He kept on using him. He kept on uh, being fruitful and he kept on uh, seeing those things happen. And there was good fruit that came from, from his life. So uh, before we get into it, um, summer road trips, road trips always have to have some essentials. So road trip essential number one, Red Bull. If you're not riding the bull, you're not on a road trip. That's just the, the truth. So I'm going to actually crack this bad boy and I'm going to have a Red Bull while I preach. It's going to be good for both of us. Um, and second essential, beef jerky. You have to have beef jerky while you're on a road trip. So if I'm munching this during the message, don't worry about it. I'm just comfortable, uh, just like I would be on a, on a road trip. Uh, Philip, he, uh, a little bit of his story before he gets to the, the road uh, on Gaza. Um, I'll get you guys to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. Um, and it, it, it's neat because all the disciples would have been uh, growing in their relationship with God. They would have been hearing the apostles' teaching. They would have been sharing in communion. They would have been doing all, all this stuff that's mentioned in, in the book of Acts. And then the apostles, the guys who were with Jesus, uh, they needed some help. If we look at how Jesus was with his apostles or the 12 or the, the 12 disciples, um, we see that Jesus taught them so much about how he wanted things to be done on earth. He taught them so much about serving one another. He taught them so much about like what uh, sacrificial love looks like. He taught them about what grace looks like, what forgiveness looks like, what uh, his goodness, what his kindness looks like. And when they, uh, when Jesus left, uh, he gave them a gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, they had power to do the things that they weren't actually strong enough or capable to do before they received the Holy Spirit. So uh, 
they're they're living in that they're seeing the church grow they're serving people so they got to a point where they just needed some help they were taking care of some widows uh, making sure that they had enough food to eat and uh, between that that type of administration work and the type of preaching and teaching and all that kind of stuff they just needed some help so in acts chapter 6 and verse 1 it says in those days when the number of disciples was increasing the hellenistic jews among the them complained against the hebraic jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food they didn't have enough time to have eyes on people being treated uh, fairly um, in this. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. And I think that's a cool thing. I think that the heart was a heart of willingness to serve. It was a heart of willingness to, to do some of the ignoble tasks. Uh, as well as some of the more uh, sought-after tasks. But their heart was to serve because they learned from Jesus. They learned how Jesus was uh, one who came to serve, not to be served. And so they were happy to serve, but when they needed some help, they, they made some changes. Um, it, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Oh man, I love that. The two qualifications that they had were full of wisdom and full of the spirit. That if, if you're to take away one thing today, God can use anyone who's willing to be full of his spirit willing to respond to the grace that's been given to, to them and willing to grow in wisdom. What's a prerequisite for wisdom? A prerequisite for wisdom is not having any wisdom. It's, it's actually being willing to grow in wisdom and that takes a level of humility. So, and, and it also isn't something that just happens overnight. It's something that you grow in over time and over time. See, the, the men that, like Philip is one of these guys, they chose to grow in wisdom. It was an active choice. It was when I mess up, I'm gonna actually own that mistake and not visit it again. I'm gonna live a lifestyle of repentance. I'm gonna live a lifestyle where I'm trying to honor. I'm gonna live a lifestyle where I'm trying to, to be the best representation of Jesus possible. And so that was the, the prerequisites for them, getting the position of serving widows. So, I would call those like wisdom and being full of the spirit as some road trip essentials. Um, because when you are full of wisdom and you're full of the spirit, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter the circumstances you're in. You can still, uh, like, you can still see God's plan for your life come to pass. And uh, sometimes when we are in like crazy situations, we actually need uh, the help of God. We actually need the help, help that he gives 
And we also need to have some of that wisdom where we can have a bigger perspective on what's going on instead of just a kind of in the moment perspective. So uh, later on, um, it says that, uh, that those guys ended up getting scattered. Um, so they were serving the widows. They were doing all that kind of stuff. They were making sure that they were taken care of. Um, but then one of those guys, uh, Stephen or Stefan or however you pronounce it, um, he was, uh, he got stoned to death. Pretty rough. Um, I think right now uh, we can feel the, the, the frustration, the challenge of being online, or we can feel the challenge of, of, not, of, of a year of, of not having consistent in-person meetings. But I'm so grateful that our situation is we can actually make this happen online um, and we can make sure that those human connections happen as opposed to getting stoned. <laughs> um, I think that's a, I think that's a, a little bit worse. Um, not to, ah, anyways. Um, but so he was stoned and uh, then the church scattered. So these guys, these seven, they had to go and they went from other towns and other towns. And it says that they were, uh, wherever they would go, they would preach the word of God and that they would um, uh, heal people. They would pray for people and they'd be healed. And I think that a, a cool thing is, what was the prerequisites? The prerequisite was being full of wisdom and full of the spirit. So because they were full of wisdom, because they were full of the spirit, they were able to be uh, effective. They were able to be uh, a blessing to the people around them because God was at work in them. And much different than the, the plans that me and Jim had to just go down to Portland, uh, go down to the Oregon coast, God actually has a very detailed plan for your life. You just don't know all the steps yet. You don't know the full picture yet. And that's okay. That's why we need some wisdom and we need to be full of the spirit in order to, to walk in all that God has for us. Um, but it says here in, in Acts uh, chapter eight, um, it says that um, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city called Samaria, uh, in Samaria and proclaimed uh, the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed and all paid close attention to what he said, for with many shrieks, impure spirits came out of them, uh, paralyzed were healed, uh, so there was great joy in the city. Um, when, when there was a scattering, the same willingness to be used by God to serve widows was the same uh, heart to serve the people in that new town. And I think that's just such a, a beautiful picture. I don't know if you uh, have a de desire. You're like, oh man, I'm so gifted in this, or I'm so gifted in this. I think more than the gifts that God's given you, I think he wants your heart. I think he wants your attention. I think he wants uh, like all of you. And part of that is being willing to, to submit those giftings, those strengths to him. And sometimes that looks like putting it on the shelf. I can only imagine that Philip probably had a gift to preach and a gift 
to, to teach and to evangelize long before he had the opportunity. Um, I think that's, that's a cool thing about like uh, God's ways as opposed to our ways. If you flip to uh, Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, and starting in verse 8, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. Don't miss this. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve uh, the purpose for which I sent it. Man, the word of God is going to provide uh, the, for the purpose that it was sent. That's such an amazing thing. So even though he had this gift, even though he was doing something that he didn't uh, necessarily feel gifted in, he was still obedient. He was still faithful. And at the end of the day, what God had planned for him was going to come to pass. He didn't know the whole picture. I'm sure when, when Stephen was stoned, when they had to scatter, I'm sure that would have been a pretty frightening time. I'm sure that would have been a pretty uh, shaky time where they, they could have felt so lost. They could have felt so out of place. But the reality is when we build our foundation on the word of God, when we build our foundation, when we hear the word, when we put it into practice, it doesn't matter how bad the storm is. It doesn't matter how crazy the storm is but we can actually still stand. We can actually still move on. We're gonna be, uh, we're gonna take the hit, but we're not gonna be crushed. And, and that's not to, to say that the situations that you go through day to day aren't big and they're not important, because they are. But I want you to know that you can stand firm through those uh, when you build your life on the, on the word of God and, and do what it says, put it into practice, not just read it and deceive yourself, but put it into practice. So that's what these guys are doing. They were, they were serving people. They were listening to the apostles teaching, and then they were putting it into action, putting it into action. And they were growing and growing and growing. And the gifts that God had for them that they may have known, they may have not known, but they were able to be effective in those gifts when, uh, a change happened, and then they were be able to be a blessing to the the people who they encountered. Um, in Acts uh, chapter eight, this is where the road trip portion of it begins. Um, in Acts chapter eight and verse twenty six, Acts eight twenty six, it says this: Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Go south to the road." the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, um, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Kandike, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. 
the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. That's kind of cool. The Spirit tells you, an angel tells him to go, essentially walk a road for a road trip. And then as he comes in contact with someone, the Spirit of God says, hey, I want you to go near to him. Um, what were the prerequisites? Being full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. Man, this is so cool how it's playing out even in on a desert road. Um, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, said, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a, like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Uh, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus. As they traveled along the road, uh, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Man, I love that. Uh, it says that, well, Philip, he took the scripture that the eunuch was, was trying to understand and he was able to teach him about Jesus. Why? Because he was full of wisdom. He was gaining wisdom. He was gaining knowledge. He was gaining understanding as he was learning and growing from the apostles, devoted himself to their teaching. And then he also had some, uh, he was full of the spirit. So both went hand in hand. And then it says that the spirit actually caught him up and like teleported him somewhere. I'd be down to get teleported. Uh, a thing that I uh, didn't mention uh, on our road trip, Jim and I, we drove down to Portland and Jim drove probably 10 under the speed limit the entire way. I was infuriated, but I didn't want to say anything because it's like, okay, bro time, we're, we're in this. Um, but then as soon as we got past Portland and we start driving these like back roads, we went faster than I've ever been in a car. And it was so sketchy. There was no lights. It was like single lane traffic and... Uh, it kind of felt like a bad version of being caught up and teleported to the next town, to Azotus. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of know what Philip's life is like. 
Um, but the reality is we just drove ridiculously fast in a sketchy and there was like hairpin turns and all that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, I really felt like I was in a fast and the furious movie. One of the first few, not like the 16th one. Um, there was no like sharks and tornadoes or anything like that. So it was, uh, it was good though. But, um, I think when we look at, uh, Philip's life, we can see that God had a purpose and a plan for him on the, on the road. He had, a, he, there was a, a period of preparation. There was some essentials that needed to be had. And those essentials were prequels. Those essentials were uh, important during, and then those essentials were important after as well. Uh, the Bible goes on to talk about how uh, Philip had some daughters who were prophetesses. Not like my wife's name, but prophetesses. Uh, I can't say that word very well. But um, that proves good fruit in his life. And it proves that this was not just a one-off thing. Um, I think we can glorify, if we read a story like this, we can glorify the, the big moments in his life and we can neglect the small consistencies. I think in our lives, we can do the opposite. We can make big all the small things and we, we neglect the big things that God is doing in our lives. Uh, so I think we need to have a bit of a paradigm shift and make sure that we're focusing and, and being grateful for the big things that God's doing, uh, especially when it's in the small things. Because at the end of the day, the prequel was full of the Spirit and full of wisdom. How do we get full of the Spirit? Well, we accept Jesus into our heart. We let him, as soon as we accept him in and he forgives us, he's dwelling in there and he's making us new. He's making us more and more into his image in the measure that we respond. That's a, that's a challenge right there. If we respond more, he does more. Uh, if we respond less, we miss out on the blessing. We miss out on, on the potential of having some cool stories like this. And, and that's... Uh, that's not a place that I want to be. I want to be in a place where I have, uh, there's room for all that God has in store for me. I, even when I see the big picture or even when I don't see the big picture, uh, I, I just want all that God has for me. I think the other uh, essential is being full of, of wisdom. And we need to prioritize growing uh, in our devotion lives, growing in receiving from the messages at church, receiving from the, the hub notes, receiving from um, uh, the Bible, making sure that wisdom is, is prioritized, and uh, then responding in that same measure that we have wisdom. Um, the beauty, I, I said it earlier, is that the prequel for wisdom is a lack of wisdom. So we can ask, and whoever asks will be given it generously without God doesn't find fault. He, he's willing to give it to anyone who, who would ask. So let's make sure asking for wisdom is a priority as well. And we can see that if his life produced good fruit where his daughters were, were serving, they knew their gifts, they were operating in their gifts, well, man, that proves a lifestyle of being uh, used by God, a lifestyle of, of honoring God and serving God in, in all of these areas. So I want to encourage you that 
if we can get these things in place, uh, we'll see some good fruit in our life. We'll see some some great things happen, and then we'll see some long-term uh, good fruit as well. Um, so we're going to pray in just a moment. Um, if you're uh, new to church, if, if this whole not knowing about grace and faith and Jesus and forgiveness and wisdom and the spirit and all that kind of stuff, if that's new for you, uh, I want to tell you that Jesus, uh, he came to this earth uh, and he laid his life down for, for us, some imperfect people who just need uh, grace in our lives to be in right standing with, with God. He came to do that. So we're going to give you an opportunity. If you want to accept him into your heart, uh, we'll pray for that. And then we're also going to pray for, for another group. If you're uh, wanting to grow in wisdom and wanting to grow in, in, in allowing the spirit to work in you so that you can have some of these cool stories so that you can, uh, we can look at some of the highlights where it's like, hey, I was actually called to, to serve widows at first. I was called to make sure that like the tables had enough food on them. Um, and then when, as we grow, we, we see those other gifts start to come out. Uh, we're going to pray for, for that group as well. But first, let's pray uh, for the first, first group. Jesus, thank you so much um, for the opportunity to accept you into our hearts. Um, I pray that you would uh, come into my heart. I pray that uh, you would forgive me of, of the wrong that I know and the wrong that I, I don't yet know. And uh, we pray that you would um, help me walk in, in your way, um, just in the same way that the, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, he accepted you, he got baptized, and then he was uh, rejoicing, uh, even though Philip was long gone. It was communion with you. It was relationship with you that he desperately needed. So I pray that whoever is responding to this would receive you, and in the same manner as the Ethiopian eunuch, just be rejoicing. And um, I pray that uh, they would... Um, grow in you, and, and prioritize you in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's pray for the second group now. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, the second group of people, the people who know you already uh, but want to grow in you. I pray right now that uh, where there's areas of, of hard-heartedness, where there's areas of, of uh, selfishness, where there's areas of pride, where there's areas of, of vanity, where there's areas of, of really anything that gets between us and you, I pray that we would submit those to you, that we would give those to you, and uh, we would grow in our relationship with you. We'd grow in the grace that you have for us. We'd respond in each measure that, that you give, and we would uh, also grow in wisdom. We would prioritize our time in the word. We'd prioritize uh, making sure church is an important part of our our life and getting some of that good teaching in, in into us. So I pray that, and then and then I pray that we would uh, not glorify the the big the bad things, but we would glorify uh, the good things that you're doing in our lives. We would also appreciate the the small step by step things, the the day to day things that just need to be done in order to see uh, your goodness uh, at at work in our lives. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, hope you're having a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um, love you guys. 
We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.